It's time to listen to a teaching of the Vivify Ministries. It is our joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. All right, here we go. Do healings still happen today? Do healings still happen today? And this is, you know, when you look at it, you're like, that's like the answer to, <laughs> the answer to that should be obvious, but um, apparently it's not. Apparently it's not. Um, so why, why this question? Why this question? Um, the thing is that we live in a very, you know, we live in a world of inquirers. Yeah, a lot of people are asking questions day by day. Um, so things you grew up with, people are now questioning it. Yeah, um, you know, I want, you know, people that say, okay, why do you wear ring? Why do they propose we ring? Why don't you give me a watch? I even heard someone say, why don't we do tattoos, you know, matching <laughs> tattoos instead, instead of, you know, sharing rings or, you know, you're growing up and I, I used to hear a story where someone was like, you know, they, they get fish, they cut it a certain way. And then this woman married and she kept doing it like that. She would, when she's cooking, she would cut the fish. A, like divide the fish a certain way and her husband was like why did you cut it like this and she was like oh um, my mom used to cut it like that and he was like oh okay and one day you know his mother-in-law visits and then he's like ah, ma why do you people why did you cut it like this and mom was like ah we were broke Sapa <laughs> <laughs> was holding us and so you know we had to manage and so that's why we were cutting it like that and her daughter just took it up and now being well to do you know She's still cutting it without asking questions. So we live in a world where we ask questions. And many a times, this question, you know, it's good. It's good to question things because that's how you find truth. Yeah, when you dig into the world, you dig deep and you find truth. But there's another side to it where you dig and you keep digging and you keep digging. It's like, you know, crypto people. You buy the deep, the deep, (laughs) deep. (laughs) You buy another deep and your money, you know, it disappears. <laughs> Praise God. So we live in a world that is shaped, you know, by experiences. We live in a world that is shaped by experiences. Our empirical world, you know, takes things at face value. We observe things and, you know, we make deductions. And when certain things look, you know, they don't look like how we knew them, we, it might get shaky for us. Um, an example we can relate to is maybe like with relationships. You know, when you was grow up, you grow up watching those Disney princesses, you know, Cinderella, Snow White, you know, even Pocahontas. And one of the key things here is, you know, sweet, like fairy tale love. And we all believed in fairy tale love till maybe you go to, you know, the university and like in your four years, you've chopped like four breakfasts, <laughs> one for every year. And now you're like, ah! This love thing, are you sure? Is there, you know, you start questioning, are there, is there, is there, is there, can you find true love? Or things like that. Or, you know, with marriages and you want a good marriage and you look around, maybe even in your immediate family, um, there are love, you know, husbands cheating, wives doing this, and things like that. And you're like, can there be good marriages? Um, so we live in a world that is shaped by experiences, yeah. But should it be shaped by experiences, though? Should the world be shaped by your experiences? Um, so in this setting, there are people that probably, you know, you wanted the healing, you've heard people, maybe you've watched, you know, Papa Higgins, you know, lay hands and crazy things, or you read it in the Bible, and you've tried it a few times, and it doesn't work. And you're like, mm, 
Are healings, do healings work? Can we still heal today? Um, so chief of, you know, people that think this way towards healings are, you know, the cessationists. Yeah. I know it might be a mouthful, but cessationists. Um, and let's, you know, quickly just run through what cessationists and what cessationism is. Hallelujah. So cessationism is a doctrine that spiritual gifts, especially signs and revelations, Reverational gifts, <laughs> revelatory gifts. <laughs> Sorry for tongue tie. Revelatory gifts. You know, speaking in tongues, prophecy, working miracles. You know, they ceased. So basically, um, we shouldn't speak in tongues now. We can't heal the sick now. Those things passed away with the apostles. Yeah, and that might seem like such a crazy thing to believe, but yeah, a lot of people believe it. And you know. This world is quite empirical. I said it before, and let me just define what empirical is. Empirical means something based or concerned with observation and verifiable evidence. So I can look at this thing, I can see it, and then that is what it is. Praise God. Um, that is what it is. So that's just what you know, observation is. And with the things of the spirit, observation is only a fraction. Like it's, it's a Tiny observation is great, but it's only a fraction because in the end, it is faith. Yeah, we received Christ by faith. Um, while right now, you know, there's all the apologetics and everything that, you know, we get you to facts to believe. But faith without all this serenity, faith. Praise God. So let's, let's just move on. Let's look into healing. Um, what is healing? What is healing? And this... It's such a simple, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's very simple. What is healing? Um, healing is a process of making or becoming sound in health. That's it. So at some point, you were not sound in health, and now you are sound in health. Yeah. And by this definition, you should be like, this is a no-brainer. Do healing still happen today? Yes. I mean, yesterday, I woke up, I had a headache, you know, and probably I went to my doctor, and then my doctor prescribed drugs and I took the drugs and now I'm fine. Um, I know you say went to doctor, a lot of us don't go to doctors, Nigerians with abuse drugs. Don't, don't abuse drugs, go to your doctor. Um, anyways, so this is not a bone of contention when this question you know, is asked. Yeah, nobody is just asking if, if, you, if you have headaches and then your headache disappears. They are talking about miraculous healings, healings by divine intervention. So um, let's say um, you had cancer, your cancer disappears like instantly. Somebody's leg is short, the leg is long. You know, fantastic, miraculous things. Those are mostly, you know, the things that get, you know, questions a lot. So um, that's not the bone of contention. You know, the simpler healing, the, the thing is about, you know, divine healing, divine healing. And God heals. God heals. Now, miraculous healings are not a replacement, you know, for everyday things. Like, God has set up a structure as a human being. You're supposed to eat when you're supposed to eat, and then you're supposed to sleep when you're supposed to sleep. When you don't do these things, things scatter, right? But we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. So we've established that the healing we're talking about is, you know, miraculous healings. Healings where you can clearly sense divine intervention. Hallelujah. So what is the purpose of healing? Hallelujah. I hope you're following me. 
I'm not too fast. Yes, I'm not sure. too slow. Um, what is the purpose of healing? Um, there is this popular quote, if I'm correct, by Miles Monroe. If the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. Yeah, so what is the purpose of healing? Number one, it is to show forth the glory and sovereignty of God. It is to show forth the glory and sovereignty of God. So in healing, you see, you glorify God and you see his sovereignty. So let's quickly open to Matthew 15. Matthew 15, 31. Matthew chapter 15 from verse 31. And I'm going to read you know, quickly so that I don't waste too much time. And the crowds were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the deformed made whole, and the lame walking, and the blind able to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. So something spectacular happened. Uh, there were healings. Uh, uh, you imagine you just come to a place, and somebody that you knew, uh, this person cannot talk, and now they are talking. And then somebody that his hand, you know, was a certain way, and now his hand is straight. And then you see someone that you knew was blind, and now they can't see. And everybody glorified God. Praise God. Praise God. So one of the purposes of healing is to glorify God. Is to glorify God. Um, and to show his sovereignty. To show his sovereignty. Let's, let's, quickly, let's quickly open to Ephesians 1 from verse 11. Ephesians 1 from verse 11. And it said, furthermore, because we are united in Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chooses us, he chose us in advance, and he makes everything to work according to his plan. He chose us in advance, makes everything work according to his plan. So everything works according to God's plan. Yeah. So in healing, you see God's sovereignty because when someone is healed, you know it is God's intention to heal. Does that make sense? Um, you see God's sovereignty in healing. Hallelujah. Hope that makes sense. Let's also re read the book of Colossians 1 from verse 16 to 17. And it says, for, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him, for him, and he is before all things, and he is in all things. Basically, everything is God. Everything. Everything. Healing included. Everything is God. His sovereignty. Um, praise God. Praise God. So, number one, purpose of healing, to show forth the glory and sovereignty of God. I hope I'm not losing you. Praise God. Um, number two, to reveal his goodness to his children. To reveal that he is a good God and he's good to his children. So, let's read Matthew from verse 15. Matthew 15, 26 to 28. Matthew 15, 26 to 28. And he said, But God answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered, O man of great faith, let it be to you as she desired. And her daughter was healed from the hour. So I'm going to be focusing on the first verse. Yes, where Jesus said, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to little dogs. So, it says healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. Um, let's also read Matthew 7 from verse 9. Matthew 7 from verse 9. We're going to make a, a connecting. We're just going to connect the line of thought, so follow me. Matthew 7 verse 9. Matthew 7 verse 9. And it says... 
Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? So in Matthew 7, 9, just talking about how, you know, you, what you ask for, you would receive. Yeah. And when a parent doesn't give their child like exactly what they ask for, if you, your child asks for bread and you decide to give them stone, that is a terrible parent. That's a very bad parent here. Yeah. Um, so if you want to link this somehow, healing is the children's bread. Now, a man should not deny his child bread and give them stone. I don't know if that's clicking in your head. So God is good to his children. He's a good father and he will not deny you healing. So healing reveals the goodness of God as a father. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Um, and praise God. So let's, let's, let's go back again. Purpose of healing, to show forth his glory and sovereignty, to reveal his goodness to his children, to advance his kingdom. To advance his kingdom. Let's read John 6.2. John 6.2 quickly. Hallelujah. I hope everyone can still hear me. Um, John 6.2. And he said, A loud crowd followed him, because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. So it was a thing that Jesus would heal. And then people, like I said before, like when like spectacular things happen, people gather, like people flock to spectacular things. Yeah. Like when crazy, like it doesn't even have to be honest. It doesn't even have to be so spectacular when things happen like that are outside, like everybody can witness. People tend to gather. Yeah. So with healings, is the same thing. Jesus, you know, had healed the sick. And then people were like, ah, who is this man? We need to listen to him. Who is this man? We need to listen to him because ah, somebody is dishing out power like this. Let's hear what he has to say. So um, healings help bring people so that, you know, they can be taught the gospel. Let's also read Acts. Um, let me first, first, we'll just do Acts 1. Um, Acts 1, 2, in fact, Acts 1, 2, 3, just stories from there where um, um, you see a lot of spectacular things happening from when the Holy Spirit comes down and people gather, yeah, and they are praying and there are spectacular, spectacular events and people gather and they preach and, you know, boom, the gospel prevails. But let's look at Acts 3, 2, Acts 3, 2 from verse 11, the man at the beautiful gates, yeah. So there's this guy, everybody knows him, he's at the gates, um, he was crippled, yeah, at the gate, and he was always begging. And then Peter, Peter is walking by, Peter and John are walking by, and then they see this man, and then they have compassion on him, and they're like, I don't have silver, I don't have gold, but what I have, I've given in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then everybody was like, ah, this guy, we saw him, like, somebody, imagine you pass there in the morning, and then you pass there at night, you know that this guy regularly, he's here all day. But ah, you'll be like, what's, what's going on? And then as you pass the gate, you see the guy in front with his mat in his hand. <laughs> if he's in Lagos now, you say, ah, he's coming, all of us. But we know this man. We know him. He has been here. And we know that, ah, these people healed him. You gather. That's justice. People gather and they will listen. People gather and they will listen. So healings advance the kingdom. Yeah, there is strategy to draw people's attention. You, it shows that God cares and then 
it brings people in. Praise God. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? So what we've established, purpose of healing, to show forth the sovereignty and grace of God. Hallelujah. To reveal his goodness to his children and also to advance his kingdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what is God's, what is God's will for healing? Yeah, we know the purpose of healing. So what is, what is God's will? And there's a way we get to know God's will, you know, reading the Bible. Um, so let's, let's run through a certain scripture. John 14 from verse 10. John 14 from verse 10. And it says, Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? I am the Father and the Father is in me. And the words I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Praise God. Let's also open quickly to John 10 from 37 to 38. And it says, if I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I am doing them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works themselves so that you may know and understand the father is in me and I am in the father. So Jesus is basically saying, if you want to know about the father, look at me. If you want to know about the father, look at my life. So, if you want to know about God's intention or God's will for healing, yeah, look at what Jesus did. Look at what Jesus did. And so, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at two things. Yeah, we're going to be looking at two things. Um, Peter 5 from verse 12 to 13. Peter, sorry, Luke. Luke 5, 12 to 13. Luke 5, 12 to 13. What did Jesus say? about healing. Let's look at what Jesus said about healing. And it came to pass when Jesus was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you will. Now note, Lord, if you will. Um, if you will make me clean. Lord, thou willest, willest thou, <laughs> Can you make me clean? And he puts forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. Thou be clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. So we see something happening here. Um, somebody looks up to Jesus and is like, if you will, if it is your will, if you want to, make me clean. And Jesus says, I want to. Be healed. So Jesus' will for healing is that he wants to heal. Yeah, Jesus' will for healing is simply that he wants to heal. He said he wants to heal. Praise God. Let's also look for, now he has said something. So Jesus is talk and do. We've seen talk. In fact, in this scripture we've seen do, do but let's, let's look at doing another scripture. Matthew 4.23. Matthew 4.23. And it says, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So you see that Jesus sits, he teaches and he heals. He teaches and he heals. So we know through Jesus what God's will is. God is not starving. He's not withholding. Like God wants to heal. God wants to heal. Praise God. Do we get that? God wants to heal. So Jesus said he would heal. And he, he did heal. Yeah? Jesus is talk 
and do. Um, so we're briefly just going to talk about how to orchestrate healings. How do you orchestrate healing? So we've seen now God's will. Um, we've seen the purpose of healing, you know, show his sovereignty, show that he's a good father, and, you know, for the good of his kingdom. Hallelujah, for the good of his kingdom. And we've seen his will, that he said it, he does it. Hallelujah. So how do you receive it? How do you orchestrate a healing, both as a, as a, I want to use healer, um, but as the one, you know, administrating healing or ministering and as the one receiving healing. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're just going to be combining it. Glory, glory, glory to the Father. All right. All right. All right. All right. Give me a second. All right. Uh, before we get into that, before we get into that, let's, let's quickly look at, you know, why do healings de delay? Why do healings delay? Let's, let's focus on, you know, what cessationists, you know, look at. Why do healings delay or seem not to happen as much? You know, a lot of people say, you know, healings don't happen now as much as they happened then. So why is that? Why might that be? Um, the first thing, the first thing why healings delay is doubt. The first thing is doubt. First thing is doubt. So let's open to Mark, the book of Mark 6 from verse 1 to 5. Mark 6 from verse 1 to 5. And we see, we see something here where um, Jesus has been doing powerful things everywhere, but he goes back to his hometown and then someone will say, see finish. <laughs> and he had, now, if you read it, I'm paraphrasing because we need to speed up. If you read it, you see that Jesus had started doing miracles. He has started healing. And then, <laughs> and then people say, ah, I know this guy. This Jesus, uh, brother of James. As I am now. And then, because of that, because they knew him, they were like, ah, they took offense. He said, ah, oh, why are we listening to this one? As I am now, capital son. We can't be listening to him. Well, and like that, um, Jesus left and he wasn't able to do a lot of miracles compared to what he would have done in somewhere else. So note, he was healing and some people came with their own belief and probably corrupted the, you know, the faith of the crowd and then got them to doubt. Yeah, let's also read Matthew 17 from verse 19 to 20. 17 from... 19 to 20. And it says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked, Why do you, why do we not, why could we not drive it out? This was, you know, there was a demon and Jesus came, cast it out. And the disciples were like, Why can't, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus replied unto them in verse 20. And he said, Because of the illness of your faith, for truly I say unto you, if you have faith like a monster seed, you will say to a mountain, Move and it will move. Praise God. So we see here that they have, their faith is, they doubted, basically. That's what it is. They doubted. And they could not see a type of work. Yeah, so when you need to heal someone, don't doubt. Go ahead. Heal the person. It's not in your power. Yeah, don't doubt. So why do healings delay? Doubt. Um, people, you know, some things might have taken so long and now you see it as regular. Maybe everybody in your family has a certain type of illness, maybe ulcer, and now you have ulcer and just, you're just, I'm going to take it like that. You know, it's a normal thing. But no, it's not a normal thing. Don't doubt. 
Don't doubt. Stay on God's word. Stay on God's word. Hallelujah. Um, and the second point is a poor devotional life. <laughs> it's a poor devotional life. And I think it ties on to the first one in a bit. I think in a way it ties on to the first one. See, you will notice that um, when, when the disciples or Jesus, you know, healed, many of the times they were going or coming from a place of devotion. So you hear that they are going to the temple, they see somebody on the road, they heal. So you know that these people had a consistent devotional life. And a consistent devotional life helps you build your faith in God. Yeah, so you doubt when you don't know God, when you don't know a person's ability to do something. So let's say if I came to you and, you know, there's, there's this um, wonderful example I heard. So if there's a war, yeah, and then you have, so you're the king. Let's say I'm the king of the dim nation. <laughs> I'm the king of the dim nation. And I have, you know, let's say I have 5,000 soldiers in my army. And there is this other nation, um, what do we call it now? What do we call it? Let's say other nation. <laughs> they have an army of 10,000, yeah, and they want to come and fight me. I'm going to be like, um, I don't trust in my army. My army is not enough. So you're going to doubt. Yeah, you're going to be like, ah. You might say, can each of my men kill two of them? Yes. You gauge it. Yeah, especially if your men and those men, you know that they have the same skill level. Yeah. But imagine you had, let's say I had a, another kingdom, a close by kingdom. Let's say the kingdom of David. Yeah, David is the king of that kingdom. And under David, he has... 20,007 soldiers. 20,007 soldiers. And let's say earlier, David has said, King Chica of the Dim Nation. Yeah. Um, if you're ever in trouble, let me know. Send a raven. Send a horseman. Send, in our, send a text. <laughs> and I will come to your aid. Right? Um, so if I have this word, this backing, my friend... That is a king, commands 20,000. I have 5,000. The person that wants to attack me has 10,000. By the time this person says they want to attack me, ah, uh, no shaking. I will, I will text my friend that it will come. You know, we move. So, I'm <laughs> sorry for that. Um, so, you, you, you have confidence in God when you've built devotion, when you know what God can do. Hallelujah. Let's quickly open to John 11. John 11, 41 from, for, John 11 from verse 41 to 44. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked to the heavens and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all the people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out and the dead man came out his hands and feet you know were bound in grave clothes his face was wrapped and jesus said unwrap him so jesus was doing something he said father thank you for always hearing me so jesus has a relationship with god in that they have a jesus speaks god hears like so everybody can know that they have there's a personal relationship and devotion between jugets um, so yeah, a poor devotional life might be why you are not seeing as much healings in your life. 
yeah, poor devotional life. So study, look at, you know, look into the word of God, learn about God, grow in intimacy with him, and you would see, you will grow in confidence of who God is, which will translate in your faith for healings. Does that make sense? So two things so far. Um, why don't we see healings or why do they delay? Doubt slash unbelief and poor devotional life. And the third one is a bit tricky, but the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Um, so I'm going to read 1 John 5 from verse 14. 1 John 5 from verse 14. And it says, This is the confidence which we have before him that we ask anything according to the will he hears us. So if you ask anything according to the will he hears us. Um, so for this point, the truth is that in the end, yeah, when you've prayed, you've believed, your faith is unshaken, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And the truth is that the power is not in you to heal. The power is the power of God. Yeah, so although I don't recommend being quick to just be like, I prayed, he didn't receive healing, God doesn't want to be healed, or God is not moving, or, you know, it's in God's hand. But the truth is that it is in God's hand. So be sensitive. Yeah, when you pray, stick with it, stay with it, keep praying, but know that God has final authority nonetheless. Yeah, God has final authority um, nonetheless. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Hope, hope I'm making sense. I really hope I'm making sense. So the, not that I hope I'm making sense. I hope people are getting what I'm saying. I'm making sense. <laughs> I hope you guys are getting what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so three reasons why people might not see healings as much. First one is doubt and unbelief. And second one is poor devotional life. And the third one is God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. Um, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Are we, are we enjoying? Yeah. <laughs> are we learning something? Yes, I hope sir. something, like even if it's one line, you've picked it and it has answered a question that you have. Praise yeah, God. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. so back to how to orchestrate healings. How to orchestrate healings. How to orchestrate healings. How to experience it. How to receive it. It's all combo package. <laughs> hallelujah. First is, have compassion. Have compassion. Have compassion. Compassion is a major ingredient in the healing ministry. Is a, is a major ingredient. Yeah, let's, let's look at something. Matthew 14. Matthew 14 from verse 14. Matthew 14, verse 14. And he said, And when he went ashore, he saw a great multitude and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. So Jesus was teaching. He was teaching, you know, about the kingdom of God and just talking and having fun. And then he looks up and he sees a great number of people had gathered. And amongst them, certain people were sick. And he had compassion. So your intent, so I'm going to say compassion slash intent. Yeah, your, your intent towards healing, are you showing up for yourself? You're like, ah, I have power. Let's, let's display so that they call me apostle or, or healer. You know, things like that. Have compassion. Have compassion. Um, 
Matthew 20, 34. Matthew 20, 34, and it says, And moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Again, Jesus moved with compassion. Jesus is a man of compassion. A good father, like bra. Mark 1 from verse 41. And he says, Moved with compassion, he stretched out his hands and touched him and said, I am willing to be cleansed. Praise God. Back to, you know, the guy that we're talking about before. And Jesus was moved with compassion. So when you see someone that is sick, your first instinct should not be to show power. It should not be like, Ah, may God walk, may God walk. It should be, ah, this person is suffering and I want to elevate their suffering. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you don't, you don't see a sick person as a means. So like I said, you know, um, it is to promote the kingdom. Yeah, one of the purposes is to advance the kingdom. But you don't look at the person and see an advancement strategy. That's a terrible thing to do. So look at this person as an individual that needs a healing. So you look at the person, leprosy, um, whatever it is. It could be a headache. You look at them, have compassion. Someone is suffering and someone is suffering and you look to elevate that suffering. Someone is suffering and you look to elevate that suffering. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, one more scripture. Luke 7 from verse 13 to 14. Luke 7 from verse 13 to 14. Praise God. We'll be rounding up, you know, in a bit. Let's... All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Luke 7... Luke 7, 13 to 14. Are you guys following? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Um, and it says, And when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. He came up and touched the coffin... And the bearers came to an halt and said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So we see a major ingredient to the miracles Jesus did was he had compassion. So somebody comes to him crying and he's like, Ah, my daughter has suffered. And he stretches his hand and he heals. So that's one major ingredient. Don't see people as some stepping stone to something. Don't see people as this healing, so that they can say our ministry we heal. Yeah. See people be compassionate, just as, just as Jesus was compassionate. Praise God. So, one of the ways to orchestrate healings is compassion. The second way to orchestrate healings is faith in the healer. Sorry, it's faith of the healer. Sorry, faith of the healer. And the faith of the receiver also. Faith of the healer and of the receiver. Faith of the healer of the receiver. Matthew 8 from verse 18. Matthew 8 from verse 18. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go, it shall be done to you as you have believed. And the, father, the servant was healed around that very time. So we know the story of the centurion in, in Matthew chapter 8, where a centurion comes to Jesus and is like, Ah, one of my servants is healed. And then Jesus, and he was like, you know, maybe Jesus is busy. And he's like, see, you don't even need to come. Like, Jesus, Jesus was about to go to his house, rather. And the guy's like, bro, you don't need to come. I, you know, I am an officer. I tell people, go and do this for me. 
and he go, you, you are chairman of heaven. <laughs> Don't need, you just speak the word and we know that he's going to move. And just look at his mind like, ah, his mind, you have faith. You have faith. And your faith is going to do it for you. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So we see Matthew 2, 22. Matthew, sorry, Matthew 9, 22. Matthew 9, 22. Hallelujah. I hope you are following. I hope you have no, you're not tired of opening scriptures. I hope you're not tired of opening scriptures. All right. Matthew 9, 22, and it says, But Jesus turning and said to her, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. And once, and at once, the woman was made well. So we see another case. that Jesus is like, ah, somebody, like, he can't perceive the faith. Like, he's oozing out. And like, like, your faith has made you well. Do you get what I'm saying? Let's move to James. James chapter 5 from verse 14 to 15. James chapter 5 from verse 14 to 15. Is there any among you? Then he must call for the elders of the church. They are to pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith would restore the one who is sick. Hallelujah. So, you know, many times we see this scripture and many people, you know, they take the anointing with oil around with it. You know, that is the oil that is going to heal people. But we see here that it's the prayer of faith. Yeah, it's the prayer of faith. And when he's talking here, he's talking more about the people praying. The prayer of faith is like they are praying over somebody. Yeah, so the people that are praying have to have faith. And their faith is what would heal that their brother. Hallelujah. I hope that makes sense. I hope you guys are getting something. Praise God. All right. So we've, we've gone through, you know, purpose of healing. Purpose of healing, show God's sovereignty, um, to show that he is a good God and to advance his kingdom. And we've seen that it is Jesus' will to do healings. Yeah, he said, I will do it, and he did it. Jesus, he talk and do. <laughs> Jesus, he talk and do. I need that on the shirt. Jesus, talk and do. <laughs> and then, you know, we've seen why healings tend to delay. We've seen why healings tend to delay. And we saw, you know, unbelief. And we saw poor devotional life. And that it just might be sovereignty of God. Hallelujah. All right. So, our resolution. Our resolution, yeah. We have to come to a conclusion on all of this. So that when you encounter somebody, you know what to say. I know you already know what to say. We've seen, we've seen it in scripture all around. And probably this night, you're going to see it. The one that you have and you cannot say otherwise. That maybe if we say our Bible day, you somebody, you say it's Bible days. So by the time you are healed now, <laughs> by the time you are healed now, um, you know that God heals. Hallelujah. Because in this ministry, we see healings. A lot of them may have experienced, I've experienced a lot of healings. You know, I've come for meetings, headache, and like, I left. All right, divine healing. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So, our conclusion it is God's will to heal. It is God's will to heal. God wants to heal you, right? God wants to heal. We see it in the life of Jesus that God wants to heal. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Also, we choose the integrity of the word over our experiences. So, even when in life, it looks like 
things are not shaping out yeah it looks like things are not they are looking a certain kind of way we choose to trust the word of god we choose to trust the word of god so a scripture i didn't read earlier was um i think it was mark um matthew 16 there about where jesus sends out his disciples two by two to go and preach yeah he sends out his disciples two by two to go and preach and then he gave them the power to heal the sick. He gave them the power to heal the sick. So you know that Jesus has administered this power. Yeah, so people might say, ah, it might have ceased. But like I said, it's to advance the kingdom. And if kingdom advancement has not finished, healing cannot finish. Do you get? As long as you're still going out to say, ah, you need to hear about Jesus then healing is still going with you. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Choose the integrity of the word over your experiences. So you've gone out, you've healed the sick, you've tried to heal the sick, and nothing happened. We've seen that there are, you know, three options. If, if you know, you have confidence in your devotion, you say, ah, it, it doubts. <laughs> and you, 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 know, you don't just say, ah, he's doubting, and you let him go. You talk to him. Get him to understand that God works miracles. Does that make sense? Get them to understand that God works miracles. Hallelujah. And lastly, we can administer healings. Hallelujah. So just like I was saying in the last points, we can ad- administer healings. Um, let's open our Bibles quickly to James 5.15 and Mark. James 5.15 and Mark 16 from verse 17 to 18. We've already read them. We've already read them. Hallelujah. So we can administer healings. We can administer healings. And we're going to be doing that now. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to be doing that now. Because from what we've seen today, does God still heal? Equate. Does God still heal? Yes. Yeah, so we've seen in scripture, there's no scripture that is saying after some time, God is not going to heal again. There's, we have no evidence for that, that today God doesn't heal. As long as we are still spreading the word of God, God can heal. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.